Um, he so you're getting married have, in England. He might have like bored you about this at Comic Con already. No. We're getting married in England, and it's not a religious ceremony because neither of us are religious. <gasps> Why so not? So when we go home, because we're heathens. <laughs> And welcome back to the Blood, Sweat, and Silver podcast, where we're discussing The Afterliving, book one of his Blood and Silver series, a book written by me. My name is Fernando Rivera, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Matt Steele. And you picked up your cue this time. I did, yes. yes. He does this weird thing where he wants me to say my name instead of being like, this is Matt Steele. Well, because you say your name better than I say your name. I mean, I can repeat it if you want. No, no, we're fine. We're fine. Okay, okay and we have two guests with us here today. Females. Woohoo! We have women. I love girls. Women. Yay. Yay. Girls. So we have Lauren Baldwin. Lauren Baldwin is a British actress, a professional member of BAFTA, the British mm -hmm. Academy of Film, Television, Arts. Mm -hmm. um, and she is from northwest of England, from Wiggins. She's now based in Los Angeles. As a little girl, she was always obsessed with vampires and bats, where she would often force her dad to take her to bat rescue events, which mm -hmm. I would love to hear about that. And her Instagram <laughs> handle is actually Vampire Dwarf. Yeah, it's not the most PC handle. Yeah, so she's actually way more... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> vampire little person might be better. Yeah, um, yeah. But she's actually very equipped to uh, come on to the podcast to talk to this subject. And also, she does audiobooks as well. She just finished wrapping up uh, Alice in Wonderland, mm -hmm. which is pretty yeah. awesome and pretty British. So it was very British. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you, Lauren, for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And we also have Miss uh, Cindy Melendez. Now, Cindy, she is a bicoastal academy, <laughs> bicoastal academy, a bicoastal <laughs> actress and comedy writer. And her credits include This Is Us and Law and Order SVU. She also just produced her first stand-up comedy show and started an IG account that showcases her love of being carless, which is. Mm -hmm pretty awesome i uh, love that she did not arrive in a car guys. she did not well i did because i took an uber because i was running <laughs> an uber but she's a okay. cheater it wasn't but her it's car. not your carbon footprint I it's somebody else's carbon your name is not on a car title anywhere in the world this is true and that okay so let's uh get right in so lauren i had no idea that you had just done an audiobook that's pretty awesome i did it for the after living which you I, did i did and i i was really hoping that you did not listen to and it and i did and you did i told you i wouldn't and i did i anyway. know and you because she's actually you know she's from um great britannia yeah. and i did not want her input on <laughs> how i did with my accents you just went right ahead and did it without asking i did i did i was so happy she read it and then she's like oh i heard it too i was like crap well, and i did not hate it i did not hate thank it. you yes. that's i actually was, did pay I, to take lessons to try to I not found it very, be hated. It was it was very endearing. <laughs> thank yes. you, thank you. So talk to us about <laughs> that's not really gone to that's nice... I loved that drag. <laughs> it was endearing. I thought it sounded great. I thought, I thought the accents you were very endearing. That's a nice way of but, saying bless his but, heart. But I'm also not a professional British accent speaker. But yeah. you're amazing. You're, she's a professional. So yeah, she's so professional. Uh, talk to us about first. I want to hear about this whole vampire dwarf handle. I did not know that you had this great obsession with. Vampires and bats. Yes. My mom. Uh, my mom was actually visiting right now, and this morning I was telling her about this book, and she said, "Well, that's perfect for you. That's right up your alley because you were always a weird little vampire obsessed child, <laughs> and I was. I loved these books called The Little Vampire, which was about a little friendly vampire who fed on eggs instead of people, mm -hmm. and he befriended a little human boy, but all his family wanted to eat the little human boy all the time and they had adventures and it was super cute. And then, and I wanted, I wanted pet bats. And so my dad took me to this, I blagged him to take me to this rescue place and they tell you all about all the different bats and you can like touch them and hold them and Ooh. everything. And I was like, oh, I want oh like cute little mice with wings. Yeah, yeah, except some of them you can't touch because they're too fragile. 
Ooh. Fernando and I went to the, just like me to the British. <laughs> Fernando and I went to the zoo in London back in June when we went, oh, and there were bats just like flying around. And I was yes. like, I don't want them near. Yeah, me. they have but these not like, like gross ones. No, but they have like these huge like outdoor like tents and mm-hmm. nets, and you just walk in, and there's just crap running there's around just you. Monkeys, yeah, monkeys jumping around all over. I'm just like, if that monkey touches me i will die like like, <laughs> like and i love animals but i'm just like this is just like an animal i'm not used to touching me like being in the vicinity to touch me and there's like not a leash on it or a cage and it just yeah. made me nervous yeah we don't have them in los angeles we have all the other animals just why did you go monkeys. to go to the zoo i love, okay. I zoo, love animals zoos are, my, are my favorite thing to when i go to a new city like i want to go straight oh, to the really? zoo and yeah but it was scary though because in that same um like i guess there was a this one was like an, an open corral or whatever. There was a sign that said, "Look out for the jumping monkey." And I was like, "That's not a sign that I want to see in like yeah, an no. open cage." Like no. that's Is it like a baboon. Is and, it... and it's like, wow, that's fascinating. They're like, "But please wash really? your hands when you leave." Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. Oh. And this, uh, so uh, the Alice in Wonderland that you recorded that yes. was recently, and I mean, yeah, just the other day. Um, I don't know how many retellings there are of Alice in Wonderland. Okay. A lot, apparently, but this one was a um, little cheekier. Of a version, oh, okay. I thought was it was nice quite, British word, cheeky. Yeah, cheeky it was one of those where I feel like it's good. It was good for kids to listen mm-hmm. to, but then also adults. There was enough little like adult jokes in there. How many hours did that take you? Uh, it's a it's a three hour book. Okay, so it took about three and a half hours to record. Oh, look at you all like just efficient. My ratio is incredible. Yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> it was hard to keep all the accents straight though because there was something like thirty odd different characters in there, mm-hmm. and they all had different voices and accents. Wow. And I was like. Ugh. Who are the common folk and who are the posh ones? <laughs> Wait, did you read? You were all the characters. Yeah, you do all of the characters. Girl, yeah. it's a lot. Listen to this. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Um, it's a and lot. Cindy, so you just started doing stand up, which yeah, I've dabbled here and there, yeah. and I actually just started doing voiceover also. So this is all very informative. Oh, yeah, good. and you, it's a whole other world. Do you do like characters in your stand up, or is it just like? Um, what's the style of it well you know anytime i am telling a story i do kind of embody that person it's not even really that i'm trying to do them as a character but Mm -hmm. it's just how i view people and it just kind of comes out so i guess i do do characters but not like like for example like not how you guys would for the book Mm mm-hmm but I think it does come off that way to some people because people will be like, wow, that is exactly what that person sounds like. And I'm like, oh, I, I just was showing you how it makes me feel when yeah. they do that. Mm-hmm. And so today we're talking about the family and culture aspect of the book. And so you deal with uh, Nosotros.org, right? Mm-hmm. You do a lot of work with them. So what, yeah. what, what do you do with them and tell people what that is in Los Angeles? So Nosotros is um, it's a nonprofit and it deals with creating events and creating a space for Latin creatives to meet Latin actors. Ricardo Montalban, who's a really famous actor, uh, decided that Latinos needed a space to be able to do this and to get to know one another. And nosotros means us. You know, I've had a lot of success with going to their stuff, but I'm just like, I love going to events. And I I decided like three years ago that I was going to start picking the people in my life oh, rather good than, call. you know, just being friends with someone because I've been getting drunk with them for 10 years or whatever. Yeah, because that means nothing. I mean, look, it, <laughs> like it does and it doesn't. But then also it's like, oh, I want I actually have the power to choose the people around me. So yeah. who do I want to be around? Mm-hmm. Okay, Who's like in I'm, your fellowship? Yeah, like yeah. I, I made a list of people and then I was just like, well, I also have to be this person, like, in order to attract and meet these people. Yeah. So. And that is when your coven was born. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I feel so privileged now. Well, they say that you're an aggregate of the five personalities that you surround yourself with. I pretty much all my spare time is with one of 
several mats in my life, and I'm yeah. turning into a mat. I yeah, think. so um, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, and thank you so much. Hopefully not a doormat. Oh. 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 oh! That's a zinger. Okay, well, let's uh, dive right into the family and culture aspect uh, in the afterliving. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does family play a part in the story? Oh, I think 10. 10, it's a huge part of the oh, story. You're supposed yeah. to say 11. Oh, uh, it's okay. 25. Yes. Then where did you draw the line? It <laughs> goes know? to Lauren. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so how did you feel the differentiation between a fellowship and a family? Because family is very, you know, biological or whatnot. But then when you get into the fellowship, it kind of becomes biological because you're sharing blood. But at the same time, it's like you're choosing people that embody, you know, characteristics that you like and you want to be around or that you want to hone. How did you feel about the fellowship of the Stocktons? I like, I just, I really liked the... Um, the banter between them, that kind of, like how comfortable they were with each other. Mm-hmm. And that was what made me, it, it felt real to me because of that. Okay. In terms of how my family interact with each other is. Like, <laughs> how does your family interact with well, each other? Especially how Micah is mm-hmm. with it. He's, he's that like sassy old guy. Mm-hmm. And that was hundred percent my grandma. Like she just okay. kept everyone in line and was very honest mm-hmm. always, but she loved us dearly. And you, and you could see that. And I, I feel like Micah had, that in space. He's very Sir Ian McKellen in my head. He is. Oh, thank God. 100%. You think he's I was Because I was like, he's like the male Maggie Smith. And then I was like, who's the male Maggie Smith? Ian McKellen. Oh, that's he's right, from Maggie. Wigan, by the way. Okay, really? Ian McKellen. Oh, yeah. Is this like yeah. some downtown Abbey? Ian McKellen? No, he's just okay. like, he's he was Gandalf for a couple of, because uh, he, he replaced. Yeah, he was Gandalf. Or did no, he's he? always, oh, he's no, always he Gandalf. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, no, you mixed your wizards. All the movies. JK, I'm so You mixed sorry, your wizards please. in front of a Brit. Wow. I love it. But Maggie Smith was in Downton Abbey, so you were correct. Okay. And Harry See? Potter. Yeah. yeah. I, yes. I don't know. I know very little about like lots of things, I feel like. All British people <laughs> look the same, is what you're saying. We all have bad teeth. But I was right. Yes. We all have bad The men, the women. Didn't he Didn't he like dress up in drag for SNL and play Maggie Smith? Did he? Yeah. Uh, him and, and it was, if that didn't happen, I it to, should. And I need should, to okay, see that. That should very much happen. Yeah. Um, if you didn't know, because we're doing, you know, the uh, the whole idea mm. of family and culture, and how you were saying, Sydney, how there is needs to be more of a vehicle for uh, Latino artists to express and to get their their stuff out there. Um, if you didn't know that the author's ethnicity, which I'm um, Mexican, Mexican American, uh, were there any character elements uh, present that hinted at some kind of a Latino culture or some kind of you know, just something close to home. Well, or... what I think that I liked about it was that because, you know, there there are a lot of opportunities now for us to audition and there's a lot of stuff being made, you know, mm-hmm. with Latino characters and remakes of shows like Party of Five and stuff like that. But it's also nice to read something that isn't all about being Latin because, like, mm-hmm. we have other, like, things that go on in our lives outside yeah. of thinking about immigration and, like, oh, like and we, we kind of touched on that on the episode uh, that we, we recorded yesterday was the fact that it's, like, being Latino does not have to be um, explained in this world. It's kind of like yeah, you're just – Yeah, it's, like, it is what you this are. Is the it's character. mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. And then I think that – I mean, even, you know, my boyfriend's um, half Middle Eastern and half, uh, like, Norwegian and mm-hmm. Polish and whatever, but – there's lots of things that we have in common. And I think that in in this story, there's a lot of things that are in common, just family and things that transcend. And it has nothing to do with his mother being Mexican and his father being British. But what I did appreciate was the fact that, like, even though they didn't comment on the Latino aspect of 
the culture of the family, the mom still to me, and this may just be because I know you, Fernando, and I know your mom, and so I just like whenever there's a character that is a mom, I just that you wrote, I just picture your mom. Mm. So the mm-hmm. mom still felt authentically like Latina American mm-hmm. mom, you know? Yeah. Mm. So when and I always picture Diane Weiss when I picture like a mom character, <gasps> yes, because it's just from uh, from the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys, she was like okay. the mom, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I love her. like I, I picture Diane Weiss in every character because <laughs> I love her. Uh, she's one of my favorite actresses. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I still felt that it, the the mom didn't, even though it wasn't commented that they were Latino, like nothing felt whitewashed or anything. Like it still felt authentically from your perspective as a Latino American. One one part that I put in there that I just wanted to put in there was the fact that like you know when he goes down to breakfast, his mom makes him like potato and egg like tacos which my brother read that and he was like this is so stupid like they wouldn't make that over there and i'm like well i mean why not that's why like, not? they probably wouldn't buy it already made over there but i mean they have flour they have eggs you they have potatoes stuff. like you yeah, can, yeah you know, they you have tortillas like you yeah. take like you All take your culture things. with you wherever you go like yeah. you we were just talking about how you know you guys drink a lot of tea from we do a, it's not a it's, right it's a true stereotype from an yeah. electric tea kettle though that just that it's boggles just a my mind not oh. a tea kettle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. my family like we're italian and like i we're a romano cheese family so we put romano like that's our cheese of choice right i will never not have Romano cheese in my refrigerator or any refrigerator that I'm like staying in for an extended yeah. period of time. Like <laughs> I just learned that Parmigiano is not the same as Parmesan. Is that mm. bad? I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's not like the Parmigiano is actually from Italy mm. and it's Parmesan is like the American ripoff. Yeah, exactly. Parmigiano oh. is, it has to be from yeah. a very Because of tariffs and all that stuff yeah. going on. Romano is better than Parmesan, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But yeah, if I go somewhere, I, I always have a little baggie with tea bags in because I don't know if they're gonna have. So you're nice like Edith. Bags. You have a little little <clears throat> purse full of tea I bags. I do, and then my pet peeve is Vegas. They don't have kettles or any kind of kettles in the rooms in any of the hotels in Vegas or any of the major ones. So I have a little travel electric kettle. That is my Vegas kettle. What does your carry on look like? I feel. Like, <laughs> I, feel like, I drive to Vegas. I'm afraid of flying, so I avoid oh, okay. flying as much as are, I, I need to have milk like, in my okay. tea. That's one thing. Oh, I must that's... have milk in my tea. Mm-hmm. Now you know. <laughs> uh, going going into uh, the I guess the ethnicity of the character and the culture that was involved like so when you discovered that the main character's father and uncle which you know that they were Italian and they weren't English mm-hmm. did that in any way change how you envisioned them in your minds and how you envisioned them relating to Micah because Micah of course is you know he has turquoise eyes and he has like yeah. a very you know Ian McKellen esque type of thing and then you yeah, it was weird for me because James, in my head, I pictured as like, um, like meet Joe Black. Like he was okay. blonde and very cute okay. and everything. And then when I got to that point, I was like, oh, but then I'd already, I'd always pictured Isidore as mm-hmm. like dark, like darker featured and everything. Mm-hmm. And same with Manny. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well look at you. I don't know if that They're works, twins. but okay. Yeah, now you got to fix your brain. This is fine. I pictured the dad from Jane the Virgin as Isidore. I don't know why. Uh, because, uh, yeah, because he's yeah. not white at all. Yeah. But like, but he has kind of features that. Well, because the culture starts to shape you. Like it starts to shape how you behave and how you act. And you know, it's like you even change your look if you go to a new place. So it, it yeah, makes, yeah. I think the names that's, too. Like the mm-hmm. name James just seemed a very like. Yeah, to me, I, I picture like a very immediately picture like a very neat Joe Black. Type yes, thing too. I yeah. never. It's interesting because I never pictured anyone for Isidore because whenever I read a book, I always sort of like make the movie in my head. And if mm-hmm. I and I were like directing a movie of this, like I would never show Isidore's face. So like I'm always like, oh Isidore, mm-hmm. faceless. I did. Right. Like, I, yeah, yeah. Like, like in the really shadow. He was fuzzy. Yeah. yeah, he was always yeah. in the reflection of like the you know exactly, the, the underground, yeah. like the window, the mirror, mm-hmm. little aquarium. 
Um, so in chapter 24, we discover a very twisted love triangle between Mina, who's the main character, Manny's mother, mm -hmm. James, and Isidore. Did this dynamic mm. change your opinion on any of the characters? Mm, no, because... <laughs> <laughs> Not really. We've been doing some stuff sometimes, you okay. know. Yeah. That, well, that you're, you're talking about from, like, James' point of view or, like, from... Why? Like, do you think that someone would read that and go, oh, what, like... Well, because... She's a tramp. Well, yeah. because Mina seems like she's very much, you know, a victim in everything because I, at least yeah. she, she seems very passive. But then when you kind of uncover that she's had, you know, her own problems and she needs to be kept in check, you know, to protect against herself... And then you see the, how the love triangle contributed to her having conflicts. Like, did you... I guess for me already, the fact that she had kept all of this from Manny to begin with, I was like, oh, she has some secrets. So it wasn't surprising to me. Uh, so you were on her. Nor do I think is it, it's weird. Well, because, you know, Latina... Well, I probably like all moms. <laughs> like, hello, they had lives before they were our moms, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. They were regular people who fucked and sucked. Oh, are we up there? Oh, oh, yeah, yes. I never clarified you, you, that. You signed too. the waiver, right? Okay, okay. Oh, we're good. Oh, man, we're good. just like hearing the image like, <laughs> our moms are all people who have fucked, fucked and sucked. No, like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me, in England Sorry. we don't do such things. <laughs> yeah, what is... What Babies is what, just like, appear in England. Because like you have a lot of soap operas and you have Coronation yes, Street. Yes, we which do. I, I was going to say yes, that. Yeah, that's it. it. Some of the twists and turns in this did remind me of some of our, our soaps in England. Because your soaps run for a very long time. They run, and they're they're much higher, um, they're held in much higher regard than the soaps here. Mm -hmm. Um, well, because like a lot the, of actors who come from Ian here, McKellen they, was in Carnation Street. Yeah, start, yeah. Like, just like the Australian actors who come here, yeah. they start in you know soap Some of the A-list like actors now that are British started off in in soaps in England. Have you done any soaps in England? I did a couple. I was always I was type, typecast as a bully a lot. Really? As a kid. I, I know, that and I'm so you. nice. You're so short. <laughs> That's why it's like that little Napoleon complex. Oh, I, I love think. that. So yeah. I bullied a couple of various characters and things. So do you have a lot of experience? Like, do you, did you watch a lot of soap operas? Oh, yeah. Uh, Still, like, if I Skype with my parents, my dad's like, we have to go because Emmerdale is on, which is the one that's set in Yorkshire, where they all, very much like this, actually. It's uh -huh. all set on a farm. Okay. And But it's, like, a high-class um, farm area. So, it's like, a rich they run, farm. They run businesses, yeah, and they live in, like, a big mansion. And then the, the, the small, you know, the lesser folk run the pub in the village and that kind of thing. Which is very much, that's very Latin. I mean, yeah? Yeah. The novellas run for... I mean, it's also, I guess that they don't run that long, but like they'll make they have new, ends. They'll make new ones yeah. for that person. You know, I know they held in in a higher regard as well than because I feel like the U.S. I mean, in, with the Latino like, culture, yeah. Okay, I, mean, it, it, the, the, I think the they're crossover, all over the world. Yeah, huh? trying to break into here, just like in Jane the Virgin, how Jaime Camus' character is trying to break into the American market. It's kind of the same barrier they have there, but still in very high regard um, with within Latino families, even here, like in the states. Right. Hmm. Um, so you kind of already answered this question, but like, what is your opinion of Mina, both as a mother, an Alma, and then, of course, as a vampire, which we find out? Well, that I was surprised. I was like, oh, I was like, how did that happen? But again, I, I don't know. I just wasn't surprised. That just didn't surprise me. I don't know if maybe because like my mom has a lot of secrets. Sorry, mom. Oh, oh. So, Protecting. so yeah, I was a little like, oh, does I am not shocked at all. Yeah, plus the name like, Mina. You know, she's Mina. trying her best. <laughs> she did the best she could she with, what, best she she had, with what she had at and, the time. You know, that's why I didn't get you know lots of hugs, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I say as a mother, I say good for fucking her. Like I would want to be like, I'm taking my kid to America. 
this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think she did like, the best thing. I think she she put him first, and yeah. she did what she could. And the it broke my heart. All the like the pictures of her being so sad and everything. They like, eventually like after, doop, 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 doop. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, she you know she was dealing with a lot, and she did what she could, and that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. So, how important of a role do you think place plays in a vampire fiction world? Because I always think of like. I wrote it to take place in Brighton because I love the London culture, mm-hmm. but I didn't want it to be cliche and be in London. Yeah. But I just love like, you know, like the, the whole, the world around, you know, vampires and accents and, and like the cloaks and like the, you know, being very pale and cause you know, you guys don't get a lot of sun over We're there. We're pretty pale. We're pretty yeah. pale. Yeah. But like, how, how do you like the idea of how place plays a role in where a vampire fiction story, you know, happens? I think, I think Brighton was the perfect place to put this and i knew nothing about bright i started writing yeah. it because i was like oh bright it's bright and vampires <laughs> like darkness it's a bright quick, it's, it's a quirky place i would yeah. say it's akin to um like the uh, santa cruz in the lost boys, lost boys. Yeah, like yeah. it's that kind of a place where it's like its own little mm-hmm. like i had friends who would go down there for the weekend i had a friend who chose to go to university there because he just liked the lifestyle down there mm-hmm. and they have that mix of like it's it's and a little like san francisco too like it's very different and and unique down mm-hmm. there but then they also have a part of it that's very old culture as well um well the funny thing is that i actually i wrote a first draft of the book from you know i had never traveled abroad before to do that and uh and it, you know i'm from texas so it's like originally it wasn't supposed to be sheep it was supposed to be cattle mm-hmm. because of course again from texas it's like you think of oh what animal yields a lot of blood is everywhere cattle great we'll put that in there um, and I had never heard of allotments. Allotments mm-hmm. are just something that we just really don't have here. And if we do, they don't, they're not called allotments. And so I came into, you know, a little bit of money after doing a McDonald's commercial of all things. And, uh, you know, my friend was like, well, you should, you should, you know, go abroad and check it out for research. And so I went abroad and I just completely changed my perspective of the entire story. Like I mm-hmm. literally did an entire rewrite because I was like, okay, one, the stuff that I thought up is complete trash. And two, it's actually way more interesting to be there. Like this, the stuff is so different from American culture that it's already inherently interesting because it's so foreign for my brain and yeah. to build on top of it. Yeah. Um, especially, like I said, the idea of allotments. How did that strike you when you read that? And you're like, oh yeah, those are common uh, things. My family has an allotment. It's uh, oh. they, they rent one. It's and your handle is vampire. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a little See? suspect. Do you have a fellowship a that we don't know about? Of course I do. The Baldwin Fellowship. I'm from Brighton. <laughs> They're all gay men. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> And they've all come here to the Americas. Why do you think you're here, guys? <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> and like, that was, Wait, what am I doing here? And yeah. that was another thing. Like, had you, Cindy, had you ever heard of allotments or did you have any idea of what they were? No. But again, <laughs> I figure there's probably something like them in, you know, Guatemala or Mexico. Or, or Santa Monica. Or... Where they're like, we need like a community place to like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. there actually are. There are like community. They're, they're, they're community yeah. gardens. And actually, exactly. I was yeah. just in Israel and I think they're called a kibbutz. Hope I'm not like betraying Uh-oh. my band. Uh, but just some hate mail. They're like, it's not yeah, what it's yeah. called. It's like, oh, thank I'm you like, for. Sorry, thanks. I only went to the Dead Sea ones. I'm sorry. And I'm going to be like, oh, thank you for writing in. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank Someone you for listened. Listening. Thank you for listening. And the, the same thing was with, with CCTV. Like, yeah. I did not, I mean, I was completely unaware of CCTV until I, I went to, you know, to London. And there's mm-hmm. just, CCTV is everywhere. It even. is. Yeah. I didn't notice it when yeah. I've been there. No, you times. don't. That big brother is watching you always, though. Yeah. Like, you, uh, we, a lot of crimes get solved because, just because of the amount of CCTV mm. we have in the cities and in the town centers mainly. 
so and London is the most watched streets. city in the yeah, world. Yeah, right, it's apparently. like this, this, yeah, this very yeah. little. Be careful when you're going to London. Mm-hmm. Behave love yourself. I love it. There. I do too. Yeah, yeah. No, and it. I don't think it was. It's all right. Cliche. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I don't think it was cliche. I mean, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it being set in London. And right. to me, immediately, I mean, I just went into like, oh, it'd be kind of like Harry Potter, like you know, because the grounds and yeah. the trees and all that. So. You know, I was just kind of borrowing a little from that. Oh, you know? good. Yeah. Mm. Get that imagery in. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't set it in like central London or something because I'm kind of sick of that being the, the only place people think there is mm-hmm. in England. So if the second book takes place in central London. That's not okay. That's not I won't okay. read it. Mm. No. But I like that, you you know, it was, it was outside of London and also it could have it could easily have taken place in Yorkshire in like the Yorkshire Dales because mm-hmm. that's where they have a lot of that. The farmland and the allotments and everything, too. And that kind of a community feel and that, that kind of brings me to a new question like coming from a person who lives in california los mm-hmm. angeles california mm-hmm. who's from texas who has made you know a couple of visits to london was it a good balance of like you know british ish adjacent culture references or you can tell oh this is a little, this is a little american it's a little no i mean i because i read the first draft that you did and remember you and i met you were one of my beta readers yeah, yeah. and when we discussed a couple of things that was mm. mainly um i think the funniest one was one of the old ladies said bollocks <laughs> or something to someone really loud. Uh, and I was did, like, I oh, think? no. I don't think it was Edith. I think it was someone else. Who was it? And I was like, no, she, you would not so, get like a sweet old lady saying that to someone. I think she worked in the store. Oh, Penny. Yeah. Yes, and Penny. I was like, okay. no, she would not. She okay. would not. Yeah, Penny's That's too nice. Yeah. Too she's, aggressive Penny's been of very a... developed. She's, she's a, a doll. She would never say that. No, no, um, no. What is the um, difference between bollocks and bugger? Bollocks is like if something's bullshit. Okay. You say that's a load of bollocks. Okay. Booger is like, oh, booger. It's, uh, it's like, damn. Oh, damn. Like, shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like more just like a socially acceptable. To oh, just booger say off to is like, oh, <laughs> I, love, I love it how you censored you myself. Yeah. Like, but you just said, <laughs> F and I, I, I think after fucking and sucking, you yeah. probably <laughs> say <laughs> a lot. Yeah. What are the British terms for fucking suck? <laughs> Shagging. Oh, yes. And which is when we play tennis, you, you say, like, when you shag balls, you, like, collect balls oh. for the basket. Oh, I, have, I could do a whole culture. podcast just on weird, weird <laughs> on shagging things. Balls? Just weird things that we say that you say as regular, everyday things. And I'm like, that means vagina. And stuff. Mm. Did, you, did you look up anything after you read just to be like oh i wonder if this is bs or if this has any truth to it (laughs) i did i I assumed you did your research yeah it's true yeah not in terms of places or anything i looked up a couple of the religious aspects of it i think and and initially uh, when you speak about like religion so there was a question that we asked uh that i asked yesterday um to the group of males and gay males but you know males nonetheless um, about gender Anyone. roles <laughs> and Luis, of course, God bless his critical heart. Um, <laughs> he was like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't think you need, you know, men mansplaining gender roles. So I will toss that question <laughs> to you guys. How important do you think gender roles, um, play a part in one religion and two, the afterliving? The story is written from usually a man's point of view versus right. a woman's point of view, which I thought was Im- important to note by making Lucy such an authoritative character. Yes. Yeah. I like that she was like running a business and everything. She was like, Oh, is that how you felt? It kind of, she, yeah. I was like, okay. okay she's got to shit together. Was like, oh. Too frail. And Edith. Yeah. yeah. There were no like weak female. I think Minerva was probably, she came across as the weakest, but mm-hmm. then you saw why <laughs> she'd been through a lot. <laughs> yeah. Lauren, we, you know, before we started recording, you were talking about how you don't ascribe to any kind of a faith, but mm-hmm. 
how how is it coming from your point of view reading a book that is so big on Christianity, I guess, in some shape or form? Like, yeah. How could you connect or not relate or not relate? Or did you see it for pure entertainment or like what was your. Um, yeah. So I was not raised in a religious household at all. Not that there was, you know, I had plenty of friends who were religious, but I was not raised that way never went to church um so I didn't really and so I didn't study the bible and a lot of the I mean I knew all of those like I knew Cain and Abel and mm -hmm. Joseph and all of those yeah. stories and everything good old Joseph fancy ass coat you're British you've probably been in the musical 12 times yeah so. <laughs> I've seen a lot of that musical yeah so I there was a lot of it that I was like okay you know the apostles I knew that and I was just kind of trying to remember what I'd heard from my religious friends or what I'd read in books since I've been an adult when I've done some research myself. Mm -hmm. But I, I will say that as someone who doesn't really have any religious knowledge at all, it didn't, it didn't hinder my enjoyment of the book at all. Mm -hmm. It didn't confuse me. I thought you explained it very well. And I think I'm a good Guinea pig for that. Like, yeah. Does it make sense to someone who doesn't already know what all of these things are? Well, that's also like a big, a, you know, both something that I love to do, but also something that I hate is just dumping exposition or like yeah. defining terms because, you know, like I, I would like to get to a point where I can just run with using terms in the story and not have to refer to what they are. Like, yeah. what are these sins? And what does, you know, hemicide mean? You know, a lot of the fun is building the world and then like, explaining that and then trying to use those terms without having to define them later. Yeah, what's well, like Star Wars? Like people throw around lightsaber and the force and all yeah, this stuff course. now. Yes. Like, and you yeah. just know what it is. So sit, sit. Well, and, but, but the thing is like my magic cyst <laughs> evil but the thing is like Seth? even if it's not explained like in Star Wars or in the book like sometimes you can get away with you understand the context and so you can kind of figure it out yeah exactly you know? like yeah. I said it's like knowing a little tiny bit about a bunch of things yeah if you didn't know what hemicide was and then but you'd read what was going on you'd yeah. be like oh that's what okay yeah and I mean that's yeah. what that word means et um, etymology is pretty much like my most favorite thing to do. So it's like, cause you just create new words and just like, Oh, like this is what this means. Yeah, it makes sense. That's what this means. Yeah. Um, and so Cindy, what is your like religious background? And, and as far as coming from a Latino culture, does, does that really shape your religious background or, uh, well, my parents grew up Catholic, so we didn't grow up religious and we didn't go to church, but obviously they grew up Catholic. So then you still have that in your upbringing. It's just not told like, Oh, you, you don't necessarily correlate. Like my parents are this way because they grew up in a religious home right it was just to me like their parenting but now as I uh, got older and then started doing my own reading and looking into religions starting with Catholicism it's like oh okay a lot of this makes sense now this is how they were taught so right that's why you know they raised me the way that they did mm -hmm. um and now I'm just I'm a I believe in the present moment mm -hmm. um, and the force uh, yes, I believe in the force. I, I believe, believe in the, in the universe. universe. But it's interesting because through working on myself, I do. Uh, I am searching for grace. So that was something to me that in the book that it, it's not about religion or I don't look at it that way. It's mm -hmm. just like, oh, just also just the idea of grace. Mm -hmm. Right. And it doesn't have to be religious. So and the, w the way that I usually because people will ask me, oh, like, what, like, are you religious? And I said, well, yeah, I was raised Catholic, just like the majority of, you know, Latino people that I grew up with. But at the same time, I look at Catholicism as more of a connection to my culture than really mm. what, mm -hmm. like, I fully believe. Right. right. Because I feel like I can, I can give and take certain parts of Catholicism. But I do know that, like, when I'm practicing, 
you know, I'm connected to my family and I'm mm -hmm. connected to, you know, my grandparents and you know, my extended cousins yeah. because that's just like okay. a language that we all speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, well, and so much of re your religious memory is like in like your family traditions and holidays, like holidays and, yeah. and how, you know, stuff like that. We connect yeah. through wine. Got <laughs> yeah. Mike always has his wine, slotting it around over people's Yeah. Like that's stuff. my people. And still yeah. you're so, um, so your, your mother constantly gets on my case to take you and not take you to church. Oh yeah. Okay. But my mom doesn't go to church, but <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, she's like, you take my baby, you take him with you. And I'm like, I can't force him well, into my car. Well, no, it's, we're <laughs> very can't. much like twice a year Catholics where it was like, we went to church on Christmas Eve and the day before Easter and, uh, or the night before Easter. And that was the only time we went to church. But my mom like went to Catholic school as a child because mm -hmm. that in New Jersey, like if you were Catholic, which like many people were. So they were kind of raised in that culture, but not necessarily knowing what that culture was. Mm -hmm. My mom's not necessarily religious in a traditional sense. She's more, she's more religious in like a Fernando take Matthew to church. That way it's like something for him to do. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, so it's like, so if he dies, yes, he's got a little exactly. bit more going for it. My, just yeah. in case. my mom will be very much like, she doesn't go to church. Um, but then all of a sudden she'll just like pop up one day and just be like, da -da 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 -da. by the way, don't ever lose your faith in God. Any, anyway, <laughs> da -da 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 -da. Yeah. and you're just like, wait, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah. And I think you touched on uh, a part of, you know, one of the last chapters of the book when, you know, Manny decides that he wants to join the afterliving. Mm -hmm. He doesn't necessarily says that like he believes fully in the sire independently. He says, I believe in what they do and the sacrifices that they've made. So it's more of like, I want to belong to this culture yeah. of, you know, and just, just like how, how I said and how you said it, like we kind of just belong to a culture of common belief but then once we're in it, we're like, okay, what does this culture mean? Like, right. What do I really believe now? And that's kind of what the next book is going to be focusing okay. on. It's just like the idea of, okay, like you took the jump. Great. Honeymoon phase is going to be over soon. So, but now what does that mean that you've chosen to be in this? Well, he also just doesn't want to die, right? Isn't that? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's I mean, that's, that that's a good one incentive. of the ultimate choices. <laughs> exactly. is like Because I feel like a lot of, I don't know if it's Brits or if it's just people who are not as religious don't have a healthy way of dealing with death. Mm -hmm. Um, certainly my family don't, <laughs> we just kind of like, don't talk about it. But, right. um, but like friends that I have that are more religious seem to deal with it. And I, and I watched Coco recently and I was like, why were oh, we gosh, raised Coco. with this business? This oh, makes everything God. so I much cry. better. My I thought it was, I saw it with my mom. I know, I was so was, jealous. And she we was not crying that. and I was like, mom, what is wrong with you? Like your heart is iron. She has no heart. I know. She was like, oh, yeah. I wasn't impressed by the animation. <laughs> <laughs> my sister, my sister uh, has watched This Is Us, which a lot of people say like, oh my God, I cry every Ugh. episode. And she's like, nope, just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It looks boring. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, they're one of our sponsors, actually. So, okay. <laughs> well, I was actually changed my an mind. Episode of This Is Us. You were so that's why I hate them. Vendetta against mm, them. That's I've why. actually never auditioned for them. So, wow. So the three of us hate This Is Us, but Cindy over here was on. This Cindy was one. on it. Yeah. Oh. that's right, girl. Yeah. Um, no. But that was my first, my first co-star, and that's really it was really? right after I took your. Sorry, side note. We have to, you know, oh. um, your how to book a co-star was with ease. So oh, nice. It was. I used that for that audition. Well, that's, Did that's you awesome, have to watch right? the whole show to like get up to speed? I watched. Yeah, was it, it was. In the, it was in the first season. Okay. So mm -hmm. I watched like the pilot and a couple of more episodes. Right. <laughs> it was going to be my first co-star too, until it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> but you got it. But I got it. And they comp all complimented me on set. Yes. And they've called you back numerous times and you just keep uh, being out yeah. of town. 
Stop no, being out of town. I know. No, they always ask my availability, and it's always like the weird era. Well, of, like, they don't. They I'm don't like, ask me what I'm doing. <laughs> they it's ask me about my availability, but I've like read a couple more times for them. It's always one of the many weddings that you go to on the East Coast. Mm. I really don't go to that many. I go weddings. Like, I go yeah. home, like yeah. three times yeah. a year. It's Botox. It's Botox. It's Botox. <laughs> and Lyco. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna be wrapping up here in a little bit, but I want to ask you guys: um, What is your fantasy fellowship? It's a rapid fire. So who, was, who would be your sire, your saved, and your Alma? Oh, my God. Like, as, as in, like, famous people or just people in I mean, it can be anybody. It can be fictitious. It, this is like Oprah a... Oprah is one for sure. It's like, you know... Um, oh, yeah. That's the side. Like, yeah. That's so side. Maggie yeah. Smith can be my sire any day. Okay. Like, can Oprah be... I will pledge my life to her. So you got Scare. your sire, Maggie Smith. Who Can who all, would you my Alma be Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> Not your fiancé? No. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Come on, this is a fantasy world. <laughs> wonderful. It's just right. That's a fantasy. Yeah. Oh, Wait, no. But I what, what age boyfriend. Mark Wahlberg? Like, Mar- so Mar- like Marky Mark? Okay. Mark Wahlberg? Or like like Marky Mark. Mm, you know. Come on. 90s Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not okay. today, Mark Wahlberg. Busy pants dropping schedule. Okay. Okay. I mean, well, yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't like compliment Marky Mark era Mark Wahlberg because he like, you know. He was a douche. He wasn't douche. a great. It's a fantasy. It was, yeah. Okay, oh, guys. It's a fantasy. And, and he has to behave because I'll tell him. And Lauren, who would be your saved? Who would you want to have power over? Not that that's what sires save for. I'm just saying. Nina Gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Put wonderful. me in everything. Nina okay. Gold. Wonderful. Yes. Got it. And Cindy, so your your sire would be? I said Oprah. Oprah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Oprah. Powerful. Um, my boyfriend. You know, he'd have to be in there. Be Stop being a better person than God. me. <laughs> You're so fake, Cindy. I swear. No, but he really is so, okay. like, because a lot of frogs on me. Um <laughs> Uh, and somebody that I'd want to have power over. I mean, you don't have well, not power a, over, but somebody that you want to help and like helps you guide, mentor. You know, <laughs> depending on which, depending on whose perspective that you're looking at. Um, do, 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 I don't know. Come back to me. <laughs> Knowing what you know, who would you pick? Disciple, Lycane, or conduit? What would be your What would be your path, Lauren? Can I say Lycane and not sound like a douche? No, okay. you can't. They're they're very they're okay. very noble, you know, okay. group. Yeah, very um, loyal. No, I think Lycane. Yeah, Cindy. Yeah, so I would I would say Lycane. The other paths are no you know. Lycane is is not. It's Lycane. You have to say Lycane. Oh, Lycane. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Fix it in post. And Matt's gonna be Matt's gonna be. Oh, I con- said it would be a conduit. A conduit. Yeah. And, so th- or maybe like a light cane. Definitely not disciple. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because there, it's it's weird. I don't like it. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Everything about it is is too weird and it's culty weird. for me. Yeah, it's quite it creeps me out. It seems challenging. Well, on that note, have you answered this one yet? <laughs> I have not answered this. One. Oh. The one that I want to be on actually is not one of those three. Okay. There, yeah. Wait, there, how come we don't get a fourth option? Right? <laughs> because you don't know enough about this group I'm the to want to pick them. Got it. So, got it. Um, so are you working on book two? I am working on okay. book two. Book two will be coming out uh, next year, and hopefully I can secure some spot uh, a spot with the same editor, and sh- she'll run with it and help me build the world even more. But yes, so that is uh, currently on the on the docket of things to do before nice. the year's over. Good. But thank you all for coming on. Um we have again Lauren Baldwin and Cindy Melendez and my co-host. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs>